Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Frog Snacks podcast. We uh, apologize for uh, a short, unintended hiatus, but we are back. And as promised, we are going to be talking on this episode 138 about the Game Awards, uh, which happened last week. But uh, it's given us a little bit of extra time, I guess, uh, due to the due to the delays in being able to record uh, to kind of let everything sink in. We've had a couple of uh, all of the all of the you know think pieces have come out and kind of had time to absorb all of them, and and more stuff is still coming out about it. So um, better late than never, and here we are. Uh, Game Awards 2017. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's a good yeah. event. Yeah, yeah. So I, I, I kind of, uh, I, I really think that we should just jump right in uh, with, um, with uh, a thing that came out. Winners. Of- well, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, uh, but really quick, I just wanted to mention that the, um, that the viewership grew according to a Polygon article by two hundred and two percent. Yeah, I actually want to get that into that a little later because that I think is worthy of a conversation by itself. Okay, all right. Yeah. So, so let's let's go over the winners. Let's go over uh, really quick, run down the list of uh, the ones that we did make guesses on. I have the list right here. I got the receipts right here, and <laughs> um, let's see what we got. Okay, so for uh, game of the year, Breath of the Wild one, um, we both guessed that that would be it. I uh, think everybody in the entire world had guessed that that was going to be it. This is true. Um, I, I, again, I, we, we defended our, our cases for a lot of these uh, back in episode 136, if you can get a chance to listen to it. Uh, this is deserving of that award. Period. Case yep. closed. So uh, there was that. Um, best game direction. Um, I thought they'd be going in a different direction. You guessed Breath of the Wild. Um, I guessed Odyssey, actually, but Breath of the Wild mm-hmm. won. Um, again, completely worthy, 100%. Uh, Best narrative. Uh, this was this was one that we both got wrong. Um, I, I said Horizon Zero Dawn. You guessed Near. Uh, Near actually, we'll get to it. But Near actually ended up winning uh, quite a bit. But uh, what remain what remains of Edith Finch won for best narrative. Uh, a game that we had not gotten a chance to play, but certainly made a much bigger splash than either one of us realized. Okay. Yeah, that's for that's definitely for sure. Yeah. Uh, also, also a good look because again, I'm glad that uh, one of the first criticisms I think that Jeff Keighley and his team took to heart was let's not segregate the indie games from the AAA blockbusters if you know it's warranted. Yeah, yeah, of course, and and so definitely, uh, definitely bumped up a notch or two on the. Uh, on the old backlog there for, for Edith Finch. Yeah, um, I agree. Best art direction. Uh, we both said we wanted P5 to win, uh, but both of us agreed that Cuphead was probably going to win. Uh, Cuphead did win for best art direction. Totally okay with that. All um, right. And then let's see what we got here. Uh, best art direction. Uh, best score. Best score. We both wanted and thought Persona 5 to win. Uh, Near Automata won for best score, which, again, we I, I I think that you could make an incredibly strong, maybe even stronger argument for P five, but uh, it's again like the the soundtrack of Near Automata was not without its merits, and that's that's not something that we're trying to take away from it. Um, but Near Automata won for for best uh, best score. 
it, a lot of this is like arguing about what's your favorite child. So that's why this True. this is why this year was so nuts, you know? Yeah, so, it was such like, a strong I could year never be I could never be mad at Nier for winning that award as much as I love Persona 5 soundtrack. I can't be mad at Nier because that's also an amazing soundtrack and an amazing game. So, you know, it's at the end of the day, it's like, all right, whatever, you know? <laughs> it is. It, it, it always is like, all right, whatever. Right. Um, okay. So for, uh, for best audio design, um, I thought Resident Evil 7 was going to, was going to sneak into, into a win for this one. Uh, it, it was given to Hellblade, Send Sacrifice, which was your guess. Um, mm-hmm. So uh, good for good for Hellblade. Um, obviously did a great job. Um, Hellblade's another game that actually won a good bit this night, and I was really, really happy to see that. Yeah, it definitely did. And uh, it, it actually won for best performance too. This was a cool this was a cool little um, little uh, uh, factoid that was dropped during the during the show that I didn't know. I bet a lot of people who, who even played the game didn't know. But uh, for best performance, Malini Jurgens won as, as Senua, uh, which was neither one of our guesses. But um, when she went up to accept the re- the award, she had actually uh, revealed that she was not that she's not a, a, an actress. She's not a voice actress. She um, she works at the studio. She works at the studio, and they they just they just needed a, a voice. And she was like, "I'll I'll do it." And, <laughs> and won for best performance. And, and she happened to be extremely good at it, apparently. Yeah, 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 absolutely. So um, that's that was that was one of the most inspirational moments, I think, because yeah. um, not only did you have you know uh, representing for talented women in gaming, but also that idea that you know I love the idea in general that no matter what you're doing. You may find out that you have an amazing talent in something else. And I, I just love that idea that, you know, she didn't know that she had this talent. But she was just like, you know, I'll take a crack at it. You know, I'll take one for the team and take a crack at it. Or maybe she and, did or maybe she did know that she had this talent and nobody had given her a chance up until this point. Which would be even wilder, right? Yeah. Uh but either way, she went in there, killed it, and then was recognized by the entire industry at large. Yeah, yeah, it was it was a, it was a really cool moment in the whole in the in the in the show. So, and then uh, uh, on a little bit of a streak here, uh, Games for Impact, uh, Hellblade also won. Uh, mm-hmm. So that's uh, that's three in a row for that. Uh, you had actually guessed correctly on that. Um, I I had passed on that one. Uh, <laughs> that was my first pass of episode one thirty six. Your first um, abstention. Yeah, yeah. So uh, best ongoing game. Um, Overwatch one, uh, I think, easily predicted, right? Um, not so much. I mean, I think that there were probably there were probably like, well, I, looking looking back at the at the nominees, you had Overwatch, Destiny two, GT, uh, GTA Online, uh, PUBG, Rainbow Six Siege, and Warframe. I think GTA Online, Overwatch, and Warframe all had like a pretty equal chance of winning. Um. So I, I'm not mad with Overwatch. It's certainly an it's certainly an ongoing game, and it is certainly one of the best games. Period. So it's, it it deserves a win <laughs> in the category. But I, I think that this was more of a I think this was was a was a toss up, especially since you know with the ongoing game thing, you could have easily played Rainbow Six Siege when it came out, and then not touched it, and then for a while, and then have everybody else 
still be playing it. You know, like when, when you talk about best ongoing game, like nobody, I, I don't want to say nobody, but I feel like it's, um, it's, it's tough because when a game is ongoing, it's because it's because it's because it's, it's, it's a, it's a two way street, right? It's, it's, um, it's, it's this like, it's this Ouroboros of, of the developers in the community, right? Like one feeds off of the other and it just keeps going. And, and it's, you don't have to be part of it. You can jump it at any point and leave at any point. And so it's, you know, best ongoing game. It's like, what, who's to say that, you know, somebody who has been playing over, who, who plays Overwatch now, right? Like, let's say you started playing Overwatch last month. Right. Right. Um, and you've only put in 40 hours in Overwatch, but you played one, you played Overwatch when it first came out, played it for 80 hours, was like, this is great, but I'm a little burnt out. I'm going to go play Warframe now. And then you right. play Warframe. And then you're like, well, you're, ob- you're obviously going, your vote is going to go for Warframe, even though both games currently exist. It's just what you're currently playing. Like, they're all ongoing games and they're all good ongoing games. It's, it's, it seems like uh, you could make the same argument for all of them, but the, the, it's, I was about to say, this is kind of an award show argument. It really is. It really is. And, uh, so I'll just, uh, stop my rant because I don't know if it has a a, a point (laughs) at all. So here's what I'll say. Maybe this, this might be closer to what I think you might be thinking, which is that you're right. There's the, the player bias. Uh, though I would say that, um, I actually don't view it as entirely a toss-up. To me, it could have been a toss-up between uh, Overwatch and Warframe, because Rainbow Six, yeah, they've had a, they've done well at overhauling the game, but they haven't been as consistent for one thing, right? And GTA Online, they made an ass load of money. That was really the big story, uh, and obviously, people still want to play it. But let's be honest, it's GTA. People were going to be playing it regardless of what they did. Uh, so in my mind, as far as when I hear like best ongoing game, to me that says in the course of this past year, which of these games has done the most work at, you know, transforming the experience or keeping people engaged, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And to me, between Warframe's massive Planes of Eidolon update and Overwatch literally, you know, having the game change every couple months a plethora of events and a ton of new characters that have, you know, um, in aggregate completely changed the experience of playing the game from its original launch. Uh, I think that those two stand pretty clearly head and shoulders above the rest. Uh, that said, you're right. You know, like most people voting will probably vote based on best journalists and fans will probably vote based on their personal experience but i would say the nice thing about this category is just because if you're a person that follows games you will probably have a decent read of what's going on in the various titles anyway you know what i mean yeah so you know neither of us play gta online but we both know that it's a big fucking deal and it's constantly updated right Mm -hmm. so it's one of those things but yeah the whole problem with this award show in general is that no matter who you have voting, it ultimately becomes a popularity contest. Yeah, that's true. Okay. Which is part of why I was able to predict with pretty good accuracy <laughs> who was going to win. Right. So, um, best indie game, 
we both thought it would be Cuphead. It was Cuphead. Um, so, uh, again, can't see enough cool and interesting things about uh, Cuphead. And um, it seemed like it was like a family that uh, – like Studio MDHR is like – is like two brothers and like there might be uh there might be like a sister involved or something but they were all there I, and it was um that was cool to see them actually go up on stage and and be like yeah we're like this this like small team and we're also a family and we all like literally a family and uh we worked on this game and it won a bunch of awards yeah i don't know about the sister uh i didn't hear about them but i do know yeah the moldenhauer brothers did it and reading a little of this story like w- before the game came out they put a lot on the line to do this, like mm-hmm. houses and all this. I was like, I could never. So I give them a lot of credit, and they, and they obviously deserve everything they get because what they've done is just incredible, you know? Yeah. Oh, yeah, like, yeah. Like, them, their whole team. I loved Cuphead. I, I, I didn't put it down until I beat it, and that's – I mean, the game was incredible. So – yeah. Uh, let's see, what do we got next? Uh, best mobile game, Monument Valley 2, skip. Uh, best, uh, <laughs> handheld game, um, aka best... Best Metroid, three- right? Yeah. Yeah, best yeah. Nintendo game. Be- yeah, best 3DS game. Um, yeah, it's, uh, it's Metroid. Uh, we both st- said that we thought that that was going to be it. Um... Best uh, VR game was was Resident Evil Seven. Um, we didn't. Um, it looks like we didn't guess which one we thought which which one we thought that was going to be. I guess we skipped that one, but but it makes sense. Uh, Resident Evil Seven. I, ha- I haven't had too much time to um, mess around with VR, but uh, Resident Evil Seven was on there, and Super Hot VR was on there, which everyone says Super Hot VR was really cool. I mean, Super Hot regular Super Hot was awesome. Um, I imagine it's 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 very. I mean, cool. Super Mario VR is probably a huge trip, given that the entire game's concept is essentially VR anyway. Yeah, 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 yeah. You're right. You're right. I didn't even think of that. So that that's probably that was probably a huge trip for whoever played that game. Yeah, and and if you haven't played Super Hot, I'm sure we've mentioned it on this podcast, but it's it's the it's so good. It's the it's the 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 most. I want to say that it is the most start to finish um, compelling three hour game that that exists. It has to be. It's pretty um, much. I, I I was like glued to the computer, and then I couldn't believe it was over. But I, I was not dissatisfied with the length either. It was like it was like watching a crazy. Uh, it was it was like watching a trippy movie, honestly. I mean, you guys really need to check it out. I mean, it's the most innovative shooter I've played in years. It's the most innovative shooter I've played in years. Absolutely. And that's all I can say about it. Agreed. Um, uh, and then what do we got? Uh, best handheld was VR. But, uh, best action game. Uh, we both guessed Neo. Um, this was, this was kind of like the one I was, I was a little bummed at uh, that, that Neo didn't get uh, some FaceTime for. It, it went to Wolfenstein 2. Fine. Uh, good. That's I'm okay with that, um, but a game that I think I'm going to cop during the next the 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 forthcoming Steam sale. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see what we got here next. Best action game, best action adventure. Um, it looks like we also didn't 
uh, go for action adventure. Maybe we didn't understand the, um, like the concept of the, or maybe like the difference between action and action adventure, but, uh, or maybe we just both assumed it was going to be breath of the wild and didn't bother, but it was, (laughs) it was breath of the wild. I mean, really like that was not going to be in disputes. No, it wasn't. And then, uh, so, okay, this is the first curveball of the night, right? Best, best RPG. Uh, neither one of us guessed that it was going to be P5, even though we were secretly hoping P5 won like half of these categories. And there was no secret. Go on. <laughs> and, this is the, and this is the one, this is the one that it did win. It won best RPG. Neither one of us actually thought it was going to be P5. We thought it was going to take home art direction and, and music and stuff. But it just won Best RPG, which honestly I think is probably a, a category that holds a little bit more clout than those two. Uh, because when you're talking about just a genre, you're assuming right. it has good music and good art direction, right? Right, 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 right. So we're we're glad uh, we're glad that they uh, that they got mentioned at all. You know, besides besides all the nom- nominations it got, um, so that was super cool. I have a slightly different spin on how you award it, which is simply to say, uh, if if P five could only win one award, which I think this was it, this would be the one I'd pick. Mm-hmm. If you said to me, if like they came to me like, well, okay, you think P five is going to sweep? Please sit down. Uh, they're taking home one. Pick which one. Best RPG, yeah, is for sure. I think the most prestigious of the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Given that you could only pick one, but yeah. Yeah, 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 for sure. Uh, best uh, best fighting game. We uh, we both thought this it was, was a be, fucking tragedy. Yeah, we both we we didn't actually uh, vote on this because on uh, back in episode one thirty six because we both just assumed it was going to be Tekken and it wasn't even bother discussing. But apparently it was it was because Injustice two won. Um, I I don't know what to say about that other than I'm I was genuinely surprised. FGC people were kind of salty. This yeah. is one of those. This is one of those times where I'm like, for some of these categories, I well, first of all, I'll, I'll put this out there. Shout out to Kotaku, um, Jason Schreier and Kirk Hamilton, who do their split screen, the Kotaku split screen podcast. They actually did a thing where they played a game where each of them took a handful of the categories and made the other guess what the nominees were, and that quickly became like a mess because. A lot of the categories, when you put it under that much uh, scrutiny, don't really make much sense. Yeah. Uh, And so that was partly when I started thinking, you know, for some of these categories, I think they would do well to reach out to sites and outlets that cater specifically to those audiences. You know, so like if you're talking about RPGs, yeah, you can have the polygons and whatever the world, but I I would probably give more weight to talking to like, RPG gamer or something like that. You know what I mean? Like, so I said specialize in those styles of games. Uh, and particularly for fighting games, you should have been talking to SRK, to Event Hubs, iBlue, etc. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, the outlets that specialize in those games because they will actually be able to give you an informed nominees list. Mm-hmm. I mean, Injustice would have been on the list for sure, but winning, like, <laughs> please... Yeah, uh, definitely, definitely, probably the the biggest curveball of the night. Um, 
to put it politely, yes. So, uh, best family game. Uh, we both thought it was going to be Mario Kart 8. Uh, it was Super Mario Odyssey. I, I guess it only qualifies as a family game because you can play it cooperatively, technically. Um, but I thought that was a little weird. Um, I thought it I, probably should have gone to Splatoon 2 or, or Mario Kart, but what do I know? I, well, I guess you're thinking family as in the family can play together, like physically play together? You're thinking fa- like family-friendly? Yeah, I think they're saying family-friendly. Well, they're not wrong, but I have a different interpretation of that category. Again, the categories at the end of the day are pretty silly, aren't they? So Yeah, yeah you're right, they are. Dumb categories. Um, <laughs> best uh, strategy game we did not... Um, we did not put official picks for this. Um, it went to Mario and Rabbids Kingdom Battle, which I was a little surprised about because I, I did think that um, War of the Chosen was going to take it. But uh, Mario and Rabbids uh, definitely surprised people when it came out. Um, I think people – I mean that was just an interesting story in general. People thought it was going to people, – people were like, what? for so long and then it finally came out and they were like, wait, it's actually, it's actually good. It's actually good. Okay. Well, all right, let's give it an award then. Um, best racing game, uh, Forza motorsport seven, um, best multiplayer. We, we both assumed it was going to be, uh, pub G, uh, and it was, so we were both right on that. Um, again, that was a little bit of, um, especially given what the, what the nominees were, it seemed, it seemed like it was just the, it, it was the elephant in in the room for the category. There, there was no question. I mean, a game that sold 25 odd million copies in a year. What? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, and that's just sales numbers. We're not talking about like streaming numbers or anything like that. I mean, the, the, it's, it's a, you can't, a, a it's takeover a has been swift. Yeah. I, a phenomenon, swift takeover. It's like a, it's like a, it's like an epidemic. You know? Yeah, I don't. I'm trying to think of words to describe it, but it's it's tough. But you know what you're t- you're listening to this podcast. You know what PUBG is. Uh, student Game Award um, level squared from uh, Swinburne University, which I think was in Australia. The guy who accepted the award had Australian accent, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So good for them. Um, and then best debut indie. We both thought it was going to be Cuphead, and it was, even though I thought it would be really super cool if, if Golf Story got it just because I thought it was such an interesting and fun game. You said the same for Slime Rancher, but we both were pretty sure it was going to go to Cuphead, and it did. So uh, that's that. That's what we um, uh, voted on, and that's what actually happened. Uh, total uh, tally, if anyone's keeping score other than me, is um, you uh, guessed 10 correctly, which is impressive, and I guessed 6 correctly which is uh, average. Um, so uh, congratulations, <laughs> congratulations, Frog, for winning the, uh, for winning the Game Awards uh, pre, pre-award draft 2017. We, I was going to say, we should have had, we should have done like Super Bowl boxes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so let's, let's actually get, get talking about the, uh, the show itself, right? Yes. So, um, this is the third iteration fourth. of the fourth fourth iteration of the present game awards uh presented by hosted by Jeff Keeley. Um so I I I guess is there anything that you want to say like right off the bat about it? 
Well, I was going to say, yeah, why don't we start like with your general impression? So I, I'll, I'll give you mine first. Let, let, sure. Frame it that way. Yeah. So my general impression was that this is definitely the best one they've done yet. Mm-hmm. Um, Jeff Keighley coming out of this show was like, yeah, I kind of want to do a little bit less of the actual premiere stuff, which I agree with because I was struck by the fact that for a game award ceremony, there was really not a lot of like I, I get it. Yeah, you have to pay the bills. Yeah, you have to have the crazy reveals. That's how pe- why people watch, etc. But like the awards were really this year almost an afterthought. Yeah, uh, I mean there were there were a bunch of really big announcements. There were a couple of um, you know like uh, gaming adjacent film uh, trailers that were shown. Which um, I was like, ugh, but... <laughs> I was I was okay with it. I mean, I think they only showed two, and like I said, they were gaming adjacent. It's not like they were showing a trailer for, like, some, some like, French indie film or something. You know what I mean? Shumanji well, like, was a bit of a stretch, but yes, yes, you're right. Yes, of course. But so is, I mean, so is the... Uh, so is the the Guillermo del Toro movie, but it's I mean the game the movie is not about video games, right? But the Guillermo del Toro, I have such a hard time saying his name. Guillermo del Toro is a gaming fan and has been involved in the industry in one way or another for for a little while. So, right. I mean, yeah, is it a stretch? Yeah, but do I find it acceptable if they have to show a uh, movie trailer, yeah, right. Now, so yeah, I, I mean, now, what I wish that they didn't have to, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's how I, I think you have it right there. Like, I'm not gonna. This is not the hill I want to die on. Mm-hmm. But I was like, it was an eye roll moment for sure. Yeah. Um. But yeah, he said he definitely wants to have more awards, and I think that's a good thing because I mean, awards that I thought were pretty big, like for example, best RPG. They're like, oh yeah, Persona Five one. I was like, wow, no fanfare for that shit. Yeah, yeah. You know, so, I thought as a some fairly big ones to skip, but yeah, yeah. yeah. Go on. So uh, I think um, I, I think I would agree with you that it's the, the best one they did. I think that they're that they're that they're still kind of perfecting it. And and I every discussion that we're gonna have this evening is going to boil down to this this argument that we haven't ever and I don't mean we as in you and me I mean everybody hasn't quite gotten comfortable answering yet uh which is how do we want it to look once they're once they've got it down pat right right and and it's 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 the whole argument and you know we'll this is something we've talked about before and we probably will keep talking about because again, we can't, we can't figure out what it is. And the argument is, do we want it to be basically more or less like the Oscars? And, you know, this is, this is ultimately talked about every year because, uh, like I said, viewership is, is skyrocketing, right? You know, huge increases every year in viewership. Um, it's, it's being, streamed it you know people are people are showing game premieres and game trailers and world premieres on it you've got you've got reggie there and you've got big names there and and you know your your industry leaders and all this other stuff and hideo kojima came back this year and like that's a huge deal obviously and 
and it's 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 a fun show. The whole point of it is to be fun, but then there's you know th- there's this this like skid into unprofessionalism too, which <laughs> a lot of people a lot of people want, and then a lot of other people don't want. And it's like you know you it's 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 almost a case of having your cake and eating it too, right? Uh, and I don't know if. Jeff Keeley or literally anybody who watches the show knows if they want to have the cake or if they want to eat it. And, and that's, that's what every discussion that we're going to have about how the show went, quote unquote, how the show went is going to devolve into. Right. And, and no better moments. The reason I laughed is because there's no better moment to discuss this with than the most infamous moment of this entire year show. I would Which say is, the most. Inf- I would say probably one of the most infamous moments of the Game Awards period. Oh yeah, there's no question. That has to be the one because everything else has just been like shit that got messed up. Like this was, depending on your perspective, either the most glorious moment or a total disaster. Mm-hmm. And again, to your point, everybody, it, it's almost a clean split. You know, yeah, and, 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 I, and I think, to, and I think that, and I think that the whichever side of that fence you fall on is exactly how you feel the game, the the game awards should look in the future. If you thought right. it was, if you thought it was the best moment, then you probably are pretty satisfied with with the state of the game awards as it is. If you thought it was a little bit of a, of of a, a little too much, a little cringy, then you probably fall on the other side where you you want to see you want to see this this award show. Elevated to a status that you believe gaming actually resides as an art form, and it's no one's going to agree on it, which is tough. But obviously, we're talking about the uh, Joseph um, was his last Ferris. name Joseph Ferris and and his his uh, uh, <laughs> his moments his his impassioned outburst right. Uh, where he went on a, a on a, a swear ridden tirade against against the Oscars, you know he was you know you know he said he said fuck the Oscars and the Oscars should fuck themselves up because English isn't his first language and that he probably doesn't know that's not a correct <laughs> exactly. term, a correct turn of phrase. But uh, but this was you know this was like you know this this was like this this like shocking moment. But at the same time, it was for a lot of people, I think, really cathartic. You know, Jeff Keighley seemed mortified, but at the same time, like... Oh, he was furious. (laughs) But at the same time, you know, after a couple of days had passed, it's like, it's like, no, this was... Joseph Ferris's tirade was essentially the, the id, the collective id of, of the, the desire to even have a game awards, right? It's, 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 you know, we want to recognize great games. Yes, all of us do. How do we want to go about doing it? You know, we're we're trying to do this like end of the year extravaganza where everybody wears tuxedos and stuff. And but we don't want to be the Oscars, but at the same time, we don't really have anything else to model ourselves after. And right. and we want to we want to have fun doing this. We want to we, we still aren't taken as seriously as we would like. Forget the viewership numbers. Forget the sales numbers. Forget that it's a multi billion dollar a year industry. Right? We're still at this point where we think. Where, where we have this inferiority complex and, 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 and an earned one at that. So it's, it's like, yeah, we want to do this right, but also we don't want to be like the Oscars. Fuck the Oscars. 
but you know, but but at the same time, so it was it was I think it's a, a moment, constant tension. I think it was a moment that needed to happen. That's um, an interesting way to put it. Because I don't think that anybody. I think that this is something that that Jeff Keeley's probably been worried about since the beginning, right? Like we don't want to model ourselves after the Academy Award Awards, which is essentially just this like Dutch oven of self-important people farting under the covers and smelling it, right? Like <laughs> they don't they don't want to be that. They're, we're, we're here to we're here to actually recognize art. We're we're not we're not uh, you know giving anybody back rubs. We're not we're not. Um, you know, fixing anything like this is, this is a legitimate art form that, that deserves recognition. I'm trying to give it that recognition. And, but, but the only thing that we can really emulate is the last thing that we want to be. Yeah. I mean, that's, and, and again, all this is ultimately the, the game industry writ large, right? Yeah. Uh, we constantly chasing mainstream acceptance and mainstream, uh, you know, I guess, um, recognition or, or that style. Right. Mm -hmm. But ultimately, uh, there's the, the real people who are involved in the industry or players, what have you are largely like, no, we don't want to be them. Even if we want to have the same level of prestige, we don't want to be them. Uh, but as you said, how do we resolve that tension? This is where I think about uh, like the FGC, for example, right? Because mm -hmm. I know clearly where I come down on this one. Uh, right. And in fact, this, in fact I'll use, this is where we get to use, yet again, another rap line. Mm. Uh because there's always a rap lyric for whatever situation. Please, I'm waiting with bated breath. I've probably used this one before, but it's one from Nas. Mm. And he's talking about hip-hop. He said, we used to be a ghetto secret. Can't make my mind up if I want that or the whole world to peep it. That is the story of gaming. Mm -hmm. uh, and most particularly, I think, of the FGC. Because that is a constant... Any fighting game message board or on FTC Twitter, anything is the constant battle of the people who want to constantly grow esports uh, versus the people who want to keep it gully basically. Right. Mm -hmm. And my argument essentially, as you're probably expecting is pretty much the middle, which is actually say where we have it right now is pretty damn good. Uh, yeah. spe specifically in FTC, because uh, the people who have been doing the work of growing it to this point now where we have a lot of mainstream viewership, or mainstream among gamers anyway, uh, those are all people who have come out of the community itself. Similarly, if you think about something like the Game Awards, I think what we have here is a very good model. Because Jeff Keighley is somebody who came from the industry, who understands and loves his industry intimately, and is working to put on a show that um, people from the industry can appreciate, right? Mm. Uh, I would say to the people who are like, it needs to be more like the Oscars. No, it doesn't. But I would also say for the people who think that it needs to be more vulgar or whatever, also, no, it doesn't. Like right now, I think we've hit a very good um, tonal balance 
Uh, as far as the Joseph Ferris moment, yeah, he <laughs> ideally you don't want too many of those. But like I said to you while we're watching, I think you do need at least one of those in any award show just to break up, to put a valve, as it were, in the, the Dutch oven of self-importance. Right, the uh, the uh, the the Kanye moment. Yes, you need you need a, you need a Kanye moment just just to keep people you know on their toes. I think. I think. Um, I I, th- I think we all feel better now that because, like just because of that happened. Like this is it was like it was like this the 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 tension was kind of like it like aired itself out a little bit. In the, right. in the wake of that moment. That's why I said that I think we needed it because it, you, you said it pretty well. It was like, there's this, there's this, there's this inner, there's this inner struggle, right? In the industry. It's like, do we want mainstream acceptance? Yes. Do we want, do we really want it though? No. And, and so it's, you know, a moment like that is, was, I, I, I really do think, I think it, when I was watching it, I was cringing. I thought it was the most horrible thing I was witnessing. <laughs> But, but I was, I was in the minority, I think. And, and I think a lot of people were like, were like, were like, hell yeah. Like, this is great. Like, uh, like not only is this guy completely like coked up out of his mind here out on the stage, (laughs) right? Like yelling in his like bad English about how much he hates the Oscars and how, how, how much he likes this better. Right. But I think this is like this is like I said it was like this collective gaming id that just kind of like just just vomited all over the place and I think and I think it needed to happen I think we I think we just like okay now that that's out there right now that that's part of like the game awards lore right right next year there's there is like it's almost like a weight has been lifted, right? Like now, now we can never, first off, now we can never be like the Oscars, right? Even if we wanted to, because, sure. because there's just no recovering from that. Right. <laughs> um, exactly. but, two, but two, I mean, even though Jeff Keighley, I think at the time was mortified like me, right. Cause I was mortified for him. I think that, right. you know, I, I think that that's, that's like where a lot of like the cringe factor came in. It was like, you could tell like Jeff Keighley was like, no, yeah. no, my guy, no, you're not jet lagged. Stop. Right. Right. <laughs> but, but I think now that that's out there and he saw that it wasn't as poorly received as he was probably imagining it was at the time that right. he was just kind of like, oh, well, you know what? Maybe like he can ease up a little bit. Like if there's one, like I can say, I can say so many good things about Jeff Keighley. We say so many good things about Jeff Keighley on this, but he seems a little tense. Like he, he, he seems a little bit out of his element. Like, like he seems a little, uh, a little tight up there. You know what I mean? And I this think, is a point I want to come back to later, but continue. But I think, I think that if, because that happened and he was there and had to endure it, and because right. it wasn't as poorly received as he probably thought it was going to be, and he didn't just get um, he didn't just get taken out back and shot after the show, like he probably thought <laughs> was going to happen. Like he 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 might be loose. He might be a little bit looser next time. He might be like he might be like, yeah, hopefully we don't have another tirade. But if we do, whatever, it's already happened. Like I'm still here. We're all still alive. The game show is the game award is the game awards are still a big success, and great games are still coming out. So let's just do this damn thing. Yeah, I, I I totally agree. 
Though I will say, I do not think you were in the minority when you were watching it, because I know that going online after and seeing reactions, I thought it was fairly evenly split between the people who were like, that was a disaster, and the people who were like, hell yeah, son. <laughs> now, I was, I was in the latter group, but yeah. uh, I, I, I get that some people were like, this is a disaster, again, what we've been talking about, the whole tension. Uh, but I, I do think that over time, I think people will come to understand the game awards and gaming to really be in its own lane. And that I think is really the point that I perhaps have inelegantly expressed. And that's what I want to say. And we need to um, carve, carve our own path. Yes. And, and that's exactly what I was thinking. That's really why I brought up the FGC in general, right? Because in the entire esports discussion, it's the exact same thing, right? There's the people who, if you look at League, particularly Overwatch, um, all these other, all the big guys, everybody's trying to make it look like ESPN, right? Mm-hmm. Or any broadcast that comes from NFL, you know, or anything like that. Um, whereas fighting game world, you get this very weird cocktail of like pro wrestling trash talk memes and hip-hop like it's very strange and very compelling yeah if you're into that kind of thing and it's its own thing do you know what i mean mm-hmm. and that's i think a lesson that gaming should take to heart in general which is like don't be afraid to carve out an entirely unique identity uh you, you've heard me say on a number of occasions i think and again going back to esports i think the whole idea of chasing mainstream acceptance, like acceptance from people who don't play these games, I think that's a fool's errand. And I think it's largely the same for the Game Awards. Uh, who gives a shit about what people who don't like games think? Fuck them. Yeah, they, are, they, they already think we're weird. Exactly. Over time, there are going to be way fewer of them anyway. So, if, especially if this year's numbers are to be believed, right? Mm-hmm. So... Why are we spending time chasing... This is like... You know this is? This is like the classic schoolyard shit. This is classic the nerds trying to chase the jocks because the, they think if they emulate the jocks, they will be better and more respected people. Like, dude, just be yourself. Fuck what everybody else thinks of you. Like, we have a gigantic high school inferiority complex going on. I, I think I think you're right, and I and I think that maybe our our boy Jeff Keeley is suffering from the same ailment, and I and I think that you know maybe this was this was kind of an eye opening year for him because of how it went down, right? Possibly. So let's talk about that because one of the pieces of commentary I have seen, interestingly, more and more, is that people have actually critiqued his hosting job much more this year, mm-hmm. um, saying pretty much what you did is that he's too stiff or, frankly, people are like, he's fucking boring. So, so yeah. I was like, you know, I can see that because he plays it very, very straight down the middle. Like, very, very uncontroversial, very, you know, straight to the point. You know what I mean? Mad, um, mad pe- by the way, mad people... Uh, the night of, we're saying we're saying Joseph Ferris should be the host next year. 
Honestly, there was a hot moment where I thought the same thing. Stop. <laughs> but I was like, that's too that's too much. That's too much. Yeah. So but I will say I do think let's let's break it down, right? Why do people say that Joseph Ferris should be the host? Because he came up there, he didn't give a shit. He was charismatic. You, you can't say he wasn't charismatic, right? You know, he's a compelling figure to watch. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, like, even if you thought, oh, my God, this dude is going off right now. Why? Yeah. You have to admit, like, I would love to hang out with this guy. Oh, yeah, actually, I would, too. One thousand percent, right? So yeah. that's, I think, the kind of feel that people probably want. Which is somebody that goes up there and is chill and funny and whatever, whatever. Yeah. Jeff Keighley is a very, you know, straight-laced, professional guy, you know? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I want to... I guess... I want to get jet-lagged I, with, with Joseph Ferris. <laughs> <laughs> the best jet-lag I've ever seen in my life. I was like, is this what happens during jet lag? Okay. Yeah, I was like, um, fly me on the other... I was like, fly me somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so here's a thought I had, cause people are like, you should stop hosting. I'm like, that's not fair. I mean, this is his show. Uh, but I would say, I think he needs a co-host, preferably a female one. Yeah. Uh, and I have two candidates in mind already. Okay. Candidate one who you heard me give big ups while watching is Aisha Tyler. Mm-hmm. Yes. It's super funny, super charming. And I think would be a great, like, counterbalance to, you know, the straight-laced professionalism he brings to the show. Yeah, and she she presents some awards every year, so she's not, like, a stranger. She, she's and she used, she used to host the Ubisoft uh, E3 conference every year. And there you go. So, it's like, this, this, none of this is, you know, new ball game for her, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think she'd be a great choice. Or... Beyonce. Another... <laughs> <laughs> no, Beyonce would just come out there and have like a twenty-minute choreographed routine and be like, "I'm leaving," and then, and then she'd be like, "Nobody gets any awards except for me tonight." Yeah, exactly. <laughs> queen B, this is a Queen B ceremony now. Yeah, <laughs> I get all the awards. Um, no, actually, another E3 standout was uh, Janita Gavankar, who uh, is Iden Versio in Star Wars Battlefront Two, but also came out during EA's presser. And um, essentially, like, hosted the Star Wars segment. And everybody loved it. Because, again, she had that same, like, funny, charming, you know, kind of nerdy thing going on. I think she'd be really great up there, too. But, you know, people like that. Yeah. Or even or even now I'm thinking about even somebody like a Felicia Day, right, who's already all over everything nerd-related, you know? Yeah. So yeah. somebody like that that could come there and kind of counterbalance uh, his, you know, kind of way of doing things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I think a counterbalance might be. Uh, I, I think a, count, a counterbalance within reason might be the a better course of action than to just like rip the microphone from his hands entirely because it is his show, and I don't think he does a bad job. I just I think a lot of people noticed this year, especially when juxtaposed with you know some of the people that you mentioned and Joseph Ferris, obviously, and and even even Reggie. You know, like right. j- even just him standing next to Reggie, he just looked like uh, a, a little, uh, like a little much scared. less comfortable. Yeah, and and like God, Reggie is so charming. But the 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 point I'm trying to make is like you know, a reasonable counterbalance might be a better way to do it if he can 
keep up with that person. He needs the chemistry, right? And and we don't sure. know who. I'm sure you know. I, I'm sure he's like a, a fine person, but we need somebody that he has actual on stage chemistry with. True, true. So I mean, that's something. Uh, I'm actually gonna look up see if anybody has made that suggestion online because we all know that his he and his team do take all of that online commentary to heart. Mm-hmm. And to their credit, it has benefited them enormously, I think, yeah. because the show has gotten demonstrably better every year. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I think that would be one of the big things I'd say going forward. And said co-host, by the way, should definitely do either the co-host or another host entirely should do the damn pre-show because I thought it was the most weird and jarring thing to have him show up there to do like the twenty minute pre show. Yeah. And then they're like, and everybody, give it up for Jeff Keeley. I was like, You mean who we just saw five seconds prior? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like we just hung out with him. Yeah, so I yeah, they gotta get somebody to do the pre show so that at least there's a you know, the host moment. I mean, here's one thing they probably could stand to do uh Rip from the Oscars and all the other big award shows, which is to have an opening monologue. Yeah, yeah, that could be that could be cool because the whole the whole pre-show was just like game trailers and stuff, right? It was just right. I like, mean, yeah, they just kind of did a quick little. I guess that was kind of supposed to be like an opening monologue, but it was mostly just like it was kind of puffery as far as I was concerned. But it se- yeah, it seemed like a it it yeah it didn't seem like it had much of a point, right? Uh, I would much rather, like, they open the show, and again, if they have the funny co-host or whatever, or shit, it's the Game Awards, they can get somebody else to do the monologue, who cares? Yeah. Uh, but just kind of have something that really warms people up, introduces the whole thing, you know, hey, welcome to the show, da 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 poke some fun at the awards. I mean, hell, they had Conan do a little, a pretty funny bit in between, where he just, like, made ridiculous comments about all the games of the year. Yeah. Like something I, like that. You I know? thought was actually really funny. And, and Conan does do that, uh, like segment on his show. The coolest gamer segment. Yeah. 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 Which is, which is good. I mean, he clearly, he clearly has his, uh, it, he clearly knows more about gaming than he lets on. Right. You know? So I think that, I think that was, that was like a fun little cameo. I think they could do even, they could probably even do more of those, you know, if they could find, you know, some like, uh, you know, kind of, uh, people with that type of theatric element that, that also play games to like that, do quick little segments that they're probably going to be very careful of because then they're, they, I'm, I'm sure Jeff Keighley is wary of straying too much into spike territory because that was one of the hallmarks of the spike show, mm-hmm. which is we're going to load it up with all these random celebrities and people. That was one of the things that people raked him over the, Coles for the most. What are these fucking clueless celebrities doing my shit? So I think if they're going to have any celebrities in there, like it has to be very, very carefully picked. Let's not forget one of the best moments in celebrity gaming history, which was when Soldier Boy played Braid and reviewed <laughs> it with his friends. Do you remember that? No, I didn't even hear you about don't this one. Remember what that was like? Oh man, it was like 2008 or something, like when Braid came out. Um, I do remember Soldier Boy playing Steven Totilo in Street Fighter, and no. that was a, a, a disaster in motion. No, it was. Uh, hold on, Soldier Boy, Braid. <laughs> uh, I'm 
let me I'm gonna get a bunch of hair tips. No, um, okay. <laughs> so the, there's a YouTube video called Soldier Boy Provides His Thoughts on Braid. It's two and a half minutes long, and it's basically him and his boys playing that that platformer Braid that came out like back in the Xbox 360 era. Yeah, the first and, John Logan. Yeah, the the okay. So and and he's and he's basically like just gives him and his friends just are are like unbelievably entertained by this game. Like I'm I'm thinking they might have been jet lagged, but they <laughs> jet were, lag is crazy. But, but they were they were un they were so hype on Braid, and it was I can't believe you've never seen it. It was it was. Uh, it was good. It was good. It was it was um it was dumb, but it was funny. It wasn't like too dumb to not be funny. Right. Well, you can link me that so I can see that later. Okay. But I, will. I suppose so <laughs> the other thing we we should probably come back a little bit to the numbers uh before we run out of time. Yeah. Because as you were starting to say at the beginning, the numbers for this show to the points that you were making earlier were nuts. Like even I could not believe when I saw it. Yeah. So, for, the, for those that didn't see, uh, Snacks alluded to earlier, viewership was up 200% over the year before. Uh, more than 11.5 million individual streams. Mm-hmm. Show was trending all over Twitter, and in fact, Nielsen said it was the most viewed program on all of television yeah, that night. Which, which, which is, is insanity. Which is really crazy. I mean, you're going up against... You're going up against Thursday Night Football, right? Which was also on Twitch that night, which is hilarious. Yeah, which we could probably talk about another time. But the the yeah, I mean, you're going up against the NFL. I mean, I'll put it to you this way, right? If we're gonna talk, if we're gonna talk sports viewership, I'll put it to you this way: um, the uh, baseball is notoriously like um, provincial, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, to the point where. Uh, you know, even, even though MLB is like, is just like raking in cash and, and continues to do better and better and better every year, probably some of the biggest growth of, of any of the sports leagues other than like the NBA, right? Uh, games in the world series outside of the cities that are, are participating mm-hmm. will, will still do worse than a regular season NFL game. The world, wow. the world series. So for this to essentially just be, uh, I don't know, like, you know, I, I, I don't know, the, the, the World Series of Gaming Award Shows? I don't know. It, <laughs> it, you know, for, for it to outperform a regular season NFL game, even a regular season NFL game, it is, is pretty monumental. And, and uh, so I think that, that, was, that was the statistic that blew me away the most. Yeah, that was, and even Jeff Keighley was like, I had no even idea that this would ever happen. But this is great for him uh, for two reasons. Because one, think about it this way. That many people watching means that a lot of people probably carried over from the year before, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and this year's show was better. So there will probably be, I, I don't think it's going to reach the same highs next year simply because there are not that many there probably will not be that many crazy games. Like this is definitely a once in a decade type year Mm -hmm. for gaming. But, um, a lot of those people will come back based on the quality of the show. Like the, you know, people talk about cringe factor. That was definitely the lowest 
possible this year. There was no, like, any of the Spike TV DNA that was in there has been, I think, summarily stamped out to this point. I agree. I agree. And, and I mean, that's not even to say, like, all the other stuff, like, like uh, the musical acts are always really good, like... You know, the orchestra is fantastic. Yeah, the orchestra is always fantastic, and it's and it's like this is you know this is such a good place for them to showcase. Like everybody loves musical, like uh, game music medleys, right? Yeah. And if you put a if you put a full like Philharmonic orchestra to it, hell yeah! They had that guy playing that thing. It was like a it was like this weird like pan flute, but it was like a he held it sideways like a regular flute. I had never seen anything like that in my life. <laughs> but it worked. Yeah, it did. It was it was cool, and it was just like, it, I I I I think I think I think you're right. I think like just because this was like a once in a decade year for games is only part of the reason why people came back, and and only part of the reason why it was such a big deal. Only part of the reason why it beat out to reiterate a regular season NFL a regular game. season NFL game. Yeah. It completely bonkers. Yeah. Uh, but the other reason that this is a good thing is that this will give him a lot of leverage going into next year because, I mean, already people want to showcase their stuff here. Obviously, we got so many crazy announcements. We didn't even talk about that. You know, we had the Soul Calibur Six announcement. Oh, my God. Bayonetta so 3 hype. was announced during so the show. So hype. Smattering of VR games was announced during the show. Like, mm-hmm. it was a com- there was a lot of stuff. The, the Kojima trailer. They're very absurdly long Kojima trailer. Oh, I would have um, I would have watched ten more minutes of that. Oh, so would I, but yeah, it was ridiculous. Um and that's a conversation to be had in itself. Mm-hmm. Speculating on Death Stranding. We can get to that another time. Oh, but, and and a new a new unnamed from software joint. Which, yes. Which we got zero evidence for anything related to anything that currently exists, but it's it's from software. People were saying like they could have just flashed from software on the screen and everybody would have would have lost their shit. Yeah, underwear would have needed to be changed immediately. Yeah, and 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 like the fact that we got a from software logo and a picture of something. Whoa. I mean, they, for God's sake, they announced Zelda they announced and released Zelda DLC. Yeah. With a very cool sequence at the show. It was it was a very for announcements, it was already pretty crazy, and uh, I think given the viewership, uh, I think we're going to see a lot more people. Studios are probably going to take it very, very seriously going into next year, like the opportunity to get a slot during the show. I agree. I agree. Uh, but that said, I guess we're wrap. We should probably wrap up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. But, we have um, guy wrap up thoughts. Uh, no, no wrap up thoughts. I would love to hear. I, I, I would say I would say like follow what Jeff Keeley has been saying about the show in the in the couple of days after like the initial aftermath. Yeah. Um, I get the feeling that we're gonna um, maybe not maybe not for a couple of of, of months like maybe the, the months leading up to the next year's show. But I I think that he's been a little he's been a little bit more open in years past as to how this how the show went. And I think it was because people were asking him so many questions, mostly because of the Joseph Ferris thing. But I think it's it speaks to a, a much broader issue, and I think that uh, that was part of the reason why I said that you know what he said needed to be said. Yeah, so, uh, I would just say that that that's like the the that's what I'll leave at. 
Well, apparently he did a panel all about the Game Awards at PAX South. So I hope he repeats that again, preferably at East. <laughs> oh, if he's at, if he's at PAX East, we'll, we'll be reporting in full. Reporting for duty, no doubt. Yeah. And we'll be peppering questions after. But, yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that was – it was – this is a good year for for the show for sure. Obviously, business wise, it's fantastic year. But I think it was a great, as you said, this is a great um, snapshot of where gaming is in terms of both its products and the mindset of its audience. Yeah, and, and we're 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 zeroing in closer and closer every year. So that's why I wanna I wanna keep a close eye on Jeff Keeley. Um, and, and if anybody knows where Joseph Ferris is, let me know. Cause I want to hang out with him. Yeah. We, I think the entire internet wants to hang out with him now. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Okay. Well, that's all the time that we have for, for this week. Um, if you want to check us out on, on Twitter, which you should, you can check us out at frog snacks. We're also on Instagram at frog snacks podcast. We've got our website, frogsnacks.net, And obviously we're on Apple podcasts. Uh, where you can rate and view and subscribe. And uh, that's about it. And we'll see you guys next week. Later, everybody. Peace.